Welcome to Real Talk, a podcast ministry from Trinity Lutheran Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Real Talk can be defined as talking candidly, openly, and honestly without fear of what others might think. Real Talk is a type of conversation we need in our world right now. So join us as we here at Trinity Lutheran Church talk about where faith and life intersect. Now that's some Real Talk. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to our next episode of Real Talk. And uh, we are expanding our conversation today, and we are going to have Heather Day, your very own Heather Day from Trinity Lutheran Church with us today. So, uh, Heather, what's up? Hi. Uh, You know, it's sunny outside my window and warm, so things are good. (laughs) So I'm still the, the very much still the new guy. Uh, so Heather, I've heard that you've had a billion different roles within Trinity. So kind of take us through your chronological journey as far as employment and membership here at Trinity. <laughs> My chronological journey. Um, well, 2011, so 10, almost 10 years ago now is when Uh, My family moved to Eau Claire and we joined Trinity right away. We had friends who were already here. In fact, we had actually visited Trinity over the years, uh, probably 10 years before that to visit friends. And um, so I do actually have memories in my brain of the pre-remodeled worship center when it still looked old. Um, So I feel like I have this long history with Trinity that's even longer than since we came. but yeah, we joined in 2011, and then my youngest daughter went to Noah's Ark Preschool, and in 2013, uh, there was an opening uh, for a, a job in the office, and um, Jeannie Cooper knew that I was thinking about, after you know staying home with my kids for a long time, that I was thinking about wanting to get back in the workforce, and she basically forced me to apply for the job because I was not qualified for it. Um, but she made me apply. And so they hired me on good faith, even though I didn't know how to do any of the things that were on the job description. I guess they thought it would work out okay. So I started on Valentine's Day of 2013. So I just hit eight years ago. Um, and I always remember that day because I had two kids in school on at that time. And it was a snow day that day. And I remember waking up and like, God, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> My first day back at a real job in nine years and I don't have childcare. So, um, but you know what? Trinity came through on that first day and, and uh, a teenager from Trinity saw my, my Facebook plea for help and said, I can watch your kids. So it all worked out. Thank you, Betsy Fawcett. Um, so started in 2013 working in the main office as I don't even know what the job title was. Um, basically, ministry assistant duties as assigned. Um, and so for three years, I worked in the main office and did things like updated the website and you know helped with general office things. I maintained the calendar and worked on new members. Um, 
the new membership process. Um, and just a, a very random assortment of things. Um, so I did that for three years. And then in 2016, um, kind of in the midst of all the reshuffling of how we staffed children's ministries, um, I ended up moving into the children's ministries department um, for a bunch of different reasons um, in 2016 and worked as a ministry assistant with children's ministries. So I got to move back and work with Sarah Reed. Um, and so I did that for about three years, I think, three and a half years. Um, and then in the fall of 2019, ended up kind of shifting and expanding that role a little bit to work with the whole children, youth and family team as an assistant and also doing some more direct ministry stuff. But um, so that was the job title. So that's fall of 2019 and then COVID hit in 2020. Um, and that just threw everything up in the air. And um, when COVID hit, Sarah Reed was out on maternity leave and just about to come back, which um, if she would have been working at the time, she would have been able to do this too. But at the time I was the only staff member who knew how to use Zoom. And so I was like, well, I know how to do this because I've been using it for grad school. So I said, I can hook everybody up with Zoom. Sure, yes, let me do that. And so I did that and kind of helped coordinate all the technology for people as we shifted to working at home. And then we figured out we had to do worship online. And so I helped with some of that because I, again, I knew how to do it. Um, and then we moved to, you know, this pre-edited video worship. And I had done a little bit of that back when I worked in the front office years ago when we used to put our worship services on TV once a month. And I had done that video editing. So I said, well, I know how to do this. I can help out with that. Um, so I just volunteered myself, I guess. Partly got volunteered, partly volunteered myself to fill in these technology holes that, you know, came up because of COVID. And so now I'm still kind of doing those things, still working with the children, youth and family team as time allows um, and still kind of just filling in the holes that need to be filled in with whatever random experience I might have. So that's kind of the overview of how I got to where I'm at now. Then I, I, I have kind of described myself as like jack of all trades at Trinity. I feel like I've done a whole lot of different things. Now you mentioned grad school, but it's not just any grad school or any process. You are in seminary and you're in the deacon process. So kind of how did that come about? How did that come about? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, so that came about at actually Sarah Reed and I started this at the same time. So Sarah, feel free to jump in. Yeah. Um, and we help did. fill in the gaps. Um, so when, when did we start? Fall of 2018? Yeah, because I did I did the two-year program and I finished in May, last May. Right. And right? I'm taking three years. 
and I'll graduate in June. Yeah. Okay. So fall of 2018 yes. was when, yeah, Sarah and I both enrolled at Luther Seminary in the same program in leadership and innovation and ministry, um, which was a very random thing for us to do. It, it, <laughs> I don't really know how it happened. I think for me, um, I was working with children's ministry with Sarah at the time. And I think over the year or two before that, I was feeling kind of restless um, in my job and in just life in general, um, you know, with busy being a mom and working part-time. Um, and that was all fine, but I, 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 was, I felt restless. Um, and in talking with different people at Trinity, they, I ended up getting involved in a few different things. Um, I got involved with the um, Safe Spaces Coalition in Eau Claire, which helped with um, the LGBTQ community, because that was something that I, you know, felt strongly with, about. And so Pastor Sarah and I actually got involved in that together. Actually, she was going to, and she invited me to come with, which um, feels important. Um, but she invited me to come with. So we started doing some of that. We chaperoned queer prom, um, which was super fun. Um, and just a few little things like that where I was like, okay, this is interesting to me. I'm gonna start getting involved in this. And um, throughout all that, I think talking with, especially with Pastor Sarah, she knew that I was looking for something more, looking for something else, um, wasn't really feeling fulfilled, not necessarily in my job, but just in general. Like, I just kept thinking, and she really helped me put a finger on it. Like I, I was just feeling like I needed something more. I was like, I was being called to something more, but I didn't know what it was, um, just feeling restless about it. And there was a day when actually I had my staff review with her and we were just talking about like okay what else could I do what could I get involved in there's what what is this thing what is this more that I'm feeling and she pulled out a Luther Seminary catalog and put it down in front of me and said hey I just got this in the mail it says you can go to seminary for free you should probably think about that and my reaction was literally shut up stop talking no that that's stupid no stop literally stop talking those were the words I was saying to her like nope uh and so that was an interesting day and then for about the next month that was all I could think about super obsessive about it on their website looking at programs in retrospect I realized that was a time of very deep discernment for me, um, thinking, what, what would that mean for me? Why did, why did that magazine happen to show up on her desk the day before I had my, you know, my um, review with her? Just, um, it felt like a confluence of things kind of coming together and, um, finding this program about leadership and innovation, which was a pretty broad program and wouldn't necessarily lock me into one career path. 
um, it it ended up at the end of this couple weeks, um, which is a pretty quick time period to figure this out. I was like, yeah, okay, I think, yep, mm -hmm, yep, I think this is what I need to do. I think I need to do this. And we met with dear, wonderful Elizabeth Schenkenecht, who worked in admissions at Luther Seminary, whose mom is Mary Schenkenecht, and met with her and talked about what this might mean. Um, and and then figured out, all right, let's, we're, I'm gonna do this. this. This feels right. It feels right. It was very much like a, the whole thing was like a feeling. Um, but I didn't think about doing candidacy to be a pastor or a deacon um, or any of that because that like, why would I do that? Um, that just seemed like a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, but as I kind of went on through seminary, it, um, I was having a little bit of that feeling again of like something more, something like, what am I being called to here? Um, and just trying to work through those feelings of, um, what does this mean? What does God want me to do with this experience? Because it's been such a profound, um, and really deep and meaningful experience. Um, just trying to think about what, what does God have in store for me? And so then I have conversations with people, right? And ended up having conversations um, with my wonderful office mate, Ashley, who would talk to me for hours and we wouldn't get any work done, but we would talk about our future and what God had in store for us. <laughs> And, we did. Uh, we, we we talked a lot. I mean, we had a lot of conversations, um, and and it was interesting because our conversations weren't just dialogue, but it was us just asking each other a bunch of questions with really no answers. Mm -hmm. um, and so then that just yeah, our conversation was a lot of unknowns, and you constantly reminding both of us to just sit in the gray and just kind of experience it and listen. So I think those conversations of what you were helping me um, understand just through random general faith questions was also helping yourself as well work through some of that process too. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And, and I ended up having conversations with a couple of friends of mine who are pastors, friends from college who are pastors all over the place. and. And the, the one that really sticks in my mind was when my friend Heidi just said, you know what, I, I think it would be amazing to have you as a colleague. I think that, you know, the ELCA doesn't know what deacons do very well, and they're really in the middle of discerning it, and you would have a great voice in helping figure out what that is. And that really just stuck with me. Like, and I, I don't really know why, but just thinking, oh, yeah, it would be great to be colleagues and to be not in this club, because it's not a club, but to be called in a similar way um, as my pastor friends, while at the same time really recognizing that like that was not the path for me. Um, but it would be funny, you know, I, I would get, um, have interactions with people at church, um, like I'd go to text study on Thursday morning at 7.30 and wonderful Char Finseth would be like, oh, Pastor Heather, how's seminary going? Like not a pastor, but okay, thank you. <laughs> but just these affirmations coming from different places. 
different opportunities coming up. You know, uh, Mary Shankinek asked me to lead the women's Bible study one summer um, when usually they have a lady pastor do that. And we didn't have a lady pastor at the time or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but she asked me to lead that. And it was so out of my comfort zone. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, but it was a really interesting time because I made it really a point to say yes to things um, and saying yes to things that were outside of my comfort zone. And that really started with saying yes to seminary. Um, but then as opportunities popped up, saying yes to those things that made me uncomfortable, it's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess this is how God is stretching me and teaching me some things. So but I'm picking up a theme in your Trinity story. Uh, mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that the Holy Spirit has pushed you and affirmed you at the same time. And so I think of Jeannie Cooper saying, hey, you're going you're gonna to work here in the yeah. office. Yeah. And your very first day, it was like, uh, don't know what to do. But Trinity came through. The community mm -hmm. came through and helped you out day one and just throughout your story it's been the holy spirit working through uh, just a performance review and check out this catalog mm -hmm. oh but you should you should try this uh you should mm -hmm. lead this bible study you should i i just i'm i'm hearing the holy spirit's work both uh pushing you but also saying i've got you through this it might be scary but I'm with you. Yeah, very much. I know through the, um, the candidacy process, one of the things that they ask you is asking about your call and a sense of internal and external call. And that's been really interesting to reflect on because there's definitely been an internal sense of call, which some days I feel very viscerally in my body. Um, and so kind of learning to read my body, like, why am I so anxious about this right now? Why am I so calm about this? Um, but also, yeah, Trinity has really provided me with an external sense of call and just very random things, which you, and until you sit down and think about it, you know, until I had to sit down and write my call story for seminary, these very random things that had never had a connection before, suddenly I could see a through line that it's like, Oh, I wonder if that was the Holy Spirit doing that. Huh, who knew? <laughs> so so yeah. for, for all of you here, uh, what do you think the Holy Spirit is calling the church to do? I mean, clearly the Holy Spirit is working through Heather right now and her candidacy process to become a deacon and finishing up seminary in three-ish months. Um, yeah, yeah, Heather's frightened. <laughs> but uh, What's the Holy Spirit up to in the larger church? Uh, what is she calling us to do? Crickets. I won't edit that out. <laughs> Who's gonna speak up? I can I talk, but I've talked a lot. Ashley. Yeah, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is something that is so amazing, but really hard to understand and really hard to grasp or recognize. Like for me, it's something that's, it's, yeah, it's just really hard to recognize when that is happening in my daily life. Like I can look back and kind of see those things, but in the moment I really struggle 
um, to know if it's the Holy Spirit, if it's just something someone wants me to do, if it's something I just feel like I want to do. Um, so it's, it's tricky, you know, the, the whole concept of the Holy Spirit is a difficult one for me. So, um, it's hard for me to answer that question for what I think the Holy Spirit is calling to next. Um, but through COVID, I, I think that just we as humans are being called into a new space and, you know, we've been able to be flexible and uh, modify and change and do all sorts of things we thought we never could do. And I think moving forward, those are things we need to keep pushing forward on to do um, and, and not be so stuck in the ways that were. We, we as the church are constantly talking about when we can gather back in person. And I think that's often interpreted as when we can go do church how we used to do it. And I think post-COVID, we're never going to be able to do church how we used to do it. And I don't think we should want to do that. We are a changed people. We're a changed country. Um, and, and I think we need to embrace what this time of COVID has done to us, around us, for us, within us, and kind of push forward through some of that and really be open to what what opportunities lie before us now that maybe wouldn't have had we not experienced COVID. Um, one example I think of is relationships. You know, we were just talking about relationships earlier this morning in, in tech study. Um, and I think that people are appreciating people and relationships in a lot of different ways now. Um, we know and we understand the need for face-to-face -face interaction in a different way. Um, but we also experience, have experienced and understand relationships for people that are homebound or that are in hospitals or nursing homes stuck in one location dependent upon just yourself with no interaction. So I think, you know, we as humans have a different understanding of how different types of people live. And I think we need to look at how we can better serve lots of different types of people and populations moving forward and not, not lose that sense of relationship and just keep building upon it and growing in new ways. And I, and I, what I'm hearing Ashley is very much, and Heather, you can speak to this more than I can, but a very much a, an early church uh, model of discerning what, what are we called to do and not having it all mapped out and being okay with that. And Heather just took a class on the gospel of Luke with uh, Matt Skinner. And uh, I think he's a Matt, is he a Matthew scholar, but he's got an accent or is it Acts of the Apostles? He is big on Acts of the Apostles, yeah. Okay. And yeah. he's got a new Bible study, which I'm super pumped to give that a shot. Um, but yeah, being okay with the gray, as you had mentioned earlier, and leaning into relationships and discerning what, what does God have in store? Uh, what about you, Sarah Reed? What, what do you think the Holy Spirit is up to in the church today? Yeah, you know, I'm just pondering all of, you know, what you're talking about, but I think for me, a lot of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't have to be a big, massive thing in your life to recognize the Holy Spirit. You know, I think, I think a lot of us have blinders on sometimes because we have, we just go through the routine of every single day. You know, we have this, we have to pick up our kids that I think we miss a lot of the beauty 
and the Holy Spirit that comes through that. Um, and so I constantly, I always say in my head, take off your blinders, Sarah, like take off your blinders to be able to me to mentally be like, okay, like, what am I seeing? What am I hearing? You know? And like, Heather, like, that's, I feel like that's something that you did, right? Like you took off those blinders of no, 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 no. And you took it off and something so beautiful has occurred through it. Um, and so I think it's just, cause I think sometimes when I talk to people with the Holy spirit, they're like, what? Or even like the word discern, right? Like, um, I don't know what that is. Like, it's something you can't, you just can't, you can't put your hands on it. Right. It's not tangible. Like, um, so I think it's just always reminding that, like, take your blinders off, see what's out in the world and see what God is doing. It's a good reminder for me. Well, and like, like Ashley was talking about being in relationship, I think that's a really hard thing about COVID because it's so hard to be in relationship with other people, right? Since we can't really be in person. But I think back to all those times that I was just talking about and, and recognizing the Holy Spirit kind of nudging me in different directions, that usually wasn't, those weren't things that I came to realize by myself. It was in conversation with other people. It was talking for hours with Ashley in our office. It was talking with my husband. It was um, you know, talking with friends and, and talking through. And a lot of times other people kind of flag things that I never even recognized. So I think about what is the Holy Spirit doing through the church right now? I think it's, we have to be really intentional about trying to figure out what that is. And so I, like, I love that we're doing this lead process and having a group of people that are paying attention and then talking about it together. Um, I think that's so useful especially when we're not able to all be together in those ways that we might normally, that we really have to be more intentional about just talking and, you know, what is sparking our interest? What are we noticing? What, what are we noticing in our community that's getting us fired up? Like, like yesterday when I, you know, helped uh, record worship with Patrick and Tom and I said, okay, now we need to talk about something. Let's talk about this bill that was just introduced to our state legislature that has me all fired up that's you know preventing trans people from playing sports mm -hmm. um, so just paying attention to those things like okay why i am really worked up about this today what is that is that is that god working or or not um, but being in relationship and talking about those things and and trying to pick up on those little nudges that might be the holy spirit and um yeah so Heather, as you think about graduation in a couple months, like where's, where do you feel like the Holy Spirit might be nudging you That's after? Good. Like any big plans? Like what, what do you think? Well, what a great question, Sarah Reed. <laughs> I thought I could offer something valuable. <laughs> you know, I was in a, I was, I was a, talking with someone the other day about all sorts of things. And, and I, <laughs> she asked me this question. And I answered, she said, you have a lot of questions right now, don't you? Like, yes, I do. Um, yeah. You know, when I, when I first started seminary, people would ask me that question, what do you want to do afterwards? You know, what are you hoping to get out of this? And it was always, my answer was always, I don't know. I've got three years for God to be at work and see what God comes up with. And now I'm three months away and I'm like, hello, hello, Holy Spirit, what you got in store for me? 
um, so yeah, um, I'm still at, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm in this candidacy process and some days I question that just because of, like I said earlier, the hoops that I have to jump through. And I've, you know, in the last few weeks been listening to my body and my body's reaction to that and thinking, okay, we are a changed people because of COVID. And how has that changed me? And how am I dealing with the trauma that we've been through over the last year? And does that change my path at all? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still, you know, praying about that one real hard. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's, that's what my friends are for. Like I said, the Holy Spirit has worked through talking with people and having them point things out to me. So if any of y'all have great ideas for me, that's your job right now is to, you know, be the Holy Spirit for me. So just a random question or clarification, I guess, Heather, like, I know we talked a lot, but there might be people listening that don't really understand or know what a deacon is um, or how that's different from a pastor. Do you just want to speak briefly to that so people kind of know what, what it is that you could do when you're done? Yeah. Uh, so it's tricky because it's kind of a new role in the ELCA. It's only been in the last, uh, within the last five years that there's really been this term of deacon. There's been other terms, um, deaconess and associate in ministry and diaconal minister, I think was another one. And all those things kind of got combined recently. So it's, it's a new thing that a lot of Lutherans aren't familiar with, but it's a term that's used in other churches in different ways. There's deacon, deacons in the Catholic church, and some churches have deacons that are more like, oh, like our council members or elders. And so it's, it's a weird term. In the ELCA, a deacon is someone who is ordained in word and service. So pastors are ordained in word and sacrament and deacons are ordained in word and service. And so as opposed to being a clergy member who leads worship and leads the congregation in that way, a deacon, um, is more focused on service instead of sacrament. So as, as opposed to presiding over worship, a deacon is someone who um, works to draw those connections between congregation and community um, in both ways, bringing the congregation into the community, bringing the needs of the community into the congregation. So that's kind of what um, theoretically a deacon does. And in, actuality, a deacon can do all sorts of things. So it's not like a pastor where you get called to a church and now you're a pastor at the church. Um, a deacon might still technically have a call somewhere. Um, deacons can do all sorts of jobs. You know, some deacons work in children's ministry. Uh, we have two deacons on the staff in our synod office right now, and one of them works in communications and youth ministry and things. Uh, and one of them works in justice issue, advocacy issues. Um, so really that's the tricky thing and not helpful thing I'll say right now when trying to figure out what I'm gonna do um, is that there's not really a defined role for a deacon other than um, to be thinking about service and really that connection between community and congregation. So that's, that's what a deacon is. So, and if you think about, so a deacon now gets ordained, they used to get something else. 
commissioned. I don't remember yeah. what the word is. Consecrated. Anyway, now they get ordained, just like a pastor does. But if and when I get ordained, instead of getting like a pastor stole, like the pastors wear, a deacon wears a different kind of stole that goes over one shoulder. And this is a podcast, so people can't see. Um, but it goes over one shoulder and then kind of connects on the opposite hip. And um, a deacon once told me that when someone asked her about that, she said, well, pastors are meant to stand up in front of the congregation. So their stole hangs there really nicely while they're standing. But deacons are supposed to be down on their hands and knees serving people. And so I just take that stole, throw it over my shoulder and get to work. Um, and I just always thought that was a really beautiful kind of encapsulation of what the differences between a deacon and a pastor. So you, you've talked about service a lot. Do you, um, and you've mentioned the LGBTQ community. I mean, do you have other areas of service that you have come to know that you are super passionate about? You know, it's been a really interesting couple months for me um, in seminary classes. So I just got done doing an intensive class about civic engagement. So that's all about how a community interacts a congregation interacts with the community, thinking about advocacy issues. You know, we talked about nonviolent training and um, protests and also different kinds of advocacy. So that class came right after, like Pastor Tom said, my class on the Gospel of Luke, which most people consider to be the gospel that focuses most on social justice and Jesus being in relationship and advocating for people who are on the margins of society in a lot of different ways. And so those two classes have been really um, formational for me, I think I would say. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked a little bit with um, LGBTQ community and, and thinking about Trinity's role there. Um, but just in general, I feel like I would love to play some role in helping connect those dots for people between here's what Jesus is, here's what Jesus taught, here's how Jesus acted, um, here's what Jesus tells us the kingdom of God looks like, and what does that look like in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for people who are, you know, attend Trinity Lutheran Church. Um, does it mean, you know, dropping your kids off for Sunday school and then coming to worship and then going home and not thinking about it until next Sunday? Or does it mean, you know, what are ways that we are all called to um, bring about the kingdom of God amongst us? And so, you know, how are we called to serve? How are we called to lift up people? How are we called to advocate? Um, you know, how are we called to march? How are we called to write letters to our legislators? Um, you know, what are the things that we are called to do as Christ followers? Um, yeah, so I, I'm just really interested in, in how to do that and, and to help people draw those lines um, to feel like I am a Christian. Of course, I'm involved in ways of bringing justice to the community, of course. I wanna make sure that we have clean water. Of course, I wanna make sure that people um, aren't living in poverty. And I wanna make sure that there's equal opportunity for people. Of course, I'm a Christian, of course, I'm doing that work. Um, and I think sometimes that those lines get blurry. 
So I love the idea of helping people kind of flesh that out. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for joining us today. Uh, I look forward to you being a, a regular contributor to the podcast, I'm sure, if this continues to go on. Uh, we have so many springboards that we could have had from this conversation, but we don't want to keep you all too long. So uh, any parting words from anyone? Thanks for having me on, team. <laughs> I love hanging out with you guys. Yes, and thanks for joining us and sharing your story. I think it's just so important that we continue to share stories. And, you know, even though I, I know you and we've had hour long conversations, you know, just hearing you talk about it again, there are pieces of your story that I didn't know. And so it's just a reminder that even though you think you might know someone's story, their story is never ending. And to keep having conversations with people to keep you know, digging deeper into their story and learning how their story changes. So thanks for being a part of this so we can hear your story and be a part of your journey. So thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for Real Talk. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Talk a podcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where we talk about the intersection of faith and life with real people, real life stories, and real faith. Join us next time.